Ah, Lord, we love your presence. Just stay in that place with God. Let me let me just teach really briefly, and then um, we'll have communion and finish up. Yeah, we were um, made the snap decision the other day to hey, we're just gonna have breakfast this morning. Um. Dale's comment was, I was what Jesus did, you know, when, when he died from the cross and he rose back to life. Then in John 21, it talks about Jesus meeting the disciples on the beach. And he makes them breakfast, cooks up some fish, and they sort of have fish sandwiches sitting by the, the beach. And this is, you know, Jesus has appeared to them, but this is like his big revealing to them. And he's really sitting down and talking with them. And, and Peter gets restored from him betraying Jesus. And um, there's actually part of the passage I just want to, I really feel that God wants to drop a thought. I don't want to talk for a long time. I just want to drop a thought. But, but I think it's a powerful thought um, that God wants to really just reach in. And so just be open to what he's saying. But in John 21, verse 1, it says, Then these, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two of the others of the disciples were together. Now, they're sitting together, and the problem is they don't know what to do with themselves. Because Jesus has died on the cross, and they've had three years of Jesus putting into them and putting into them and putting into them and saying, this is the life, you know, and... Simon was out fishing and, and he went out, caught nothing all night and they came back in and he's cleaning his nets. And that's when Jesus is teaching on the hillside and the crowd's pushing in. And so Jesus says to Simon, can I use your boat? Just push out a little bit from in the water and I want to talk. Now, Jesus is very clever here because water is actually a natural amplifier. So as he talked, it actually would have bounced, the sound bounces off the water and actually amplifies to cover the crowd. Pretty cool, hey? It also was a practical thing because they were crowding around him and he was just about in the lake because they were pushing on him. And so Simon Peter takes him out into the water and Jesus teaches. And at the end of that, he says to Peter, you know, let's do some fishing. And Peter's response is, look, we've been fishing all night. I'm a pro at this and I caught nothing. But he said, at your word. And the word that he heard was Jesus preaching. And that preaching stirred up faith within him that Peter had the faith to believe to put his net out at a time when you don't catch fish. And he did that. And it says it caught so much they had to call their friends over. They loaded up both boats and sort of, you know, just about sunk the whole thing. And Peter falls at the feet of Jesus and says, look, I'm a sinful man. And, and Jesus restores him and says, no more fishing for you. I'm going to get you to catch men. In other words... I'm calling you to preach and to minister my word. Right? And so Peter stops fishing from that day. The only exception is when he has to pay the taxes and he goes and throws a line out and catches a fish with a coin in it. But he's no longer got employed as a fisherman. And so for three years, Jesus teaches him and teaches him and teaches him about what his future holds. But when Jesus dies on the cross, Simon sort of goes, Peter goes, he goes, you know what? I don't know what to do with myself. We're sitting around here and Jesus has appeared to us, but what do I do? And he made a key mistake. He went back. Because it says to us in verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, 
I'm going fishing. Now, he's not just going out, chuck a line in the water and, you know, see if I can grab a couple of barramundis for dinner. And they all said, you know, the other disciples said, we're going with you because they don't know what to do. They're looking for leadership. They're looking for direction. They're looking for purpose. And they went out immediately, got in the boat, and that night, how much did they catch? Nothing. You see, when you go back, you step out of the blessing. When you go back, you actually move further away from God. When God calls you forward and he's saying to you and he speaks to you and says, I want you to step into this. I want you to head in this direction. Maybe it's with a job or it's, it's a location moving to or even it's just coming to Jesus himself. And we go there, but there comes a time in your walk where you go, is Jesus still with me? It's where, I say the rubber hits the road. You know, you're out there and you're, and you're doing the stuff and, and, and all's good and, you know, it's all wonderful and you make the decision and then the hard work of the decision comes about. And it's tough and it's pushing and it's like, are we really getting there? And the temptation is to go back to what you know, to go back to what is safe. But Jesus doesn't go back. He goes forward. So Simon Peter goes back and the result of what he does is total absolute failure. Like it probably didn't feel right being out there fishing. It may have been comfortable, he knew the boat, he knew the water, but it didn't feel right inside. And they catch nothing. But this is where I love the grace of Jesus. And he says to them, have you got any food? You know, just what you want, you've been fishing all night and you catch nothing. You know, sat on the jetty doing that, you got your line in there, been there a couple of hours, you know, the guy three steps up is pulling him in like, you know, there's an ocean full of them and you're sitting there taking your worm for a swim. And then that person comes along and says to you, so what are you caught? Been here long? It's like, go away. You don't want to know them. Last thing you want to say is, yeah, I've been here for three hours and I've caught nothing. <laughs> think I've fed half the ocean, but I've caught nothing. And so Jesus calls out and says, hey, drop your net on the right side of the boat. And they do. You might think, why would they do that? There's a thing, apparently, I'm told that um, on a couple, around the Sea of Galilee, around that area, that if you, on shore, sometimes you can see actually where the fish are in the water because of how the water sits and you can see where the fish are feeding. And so sometimes they used to have actually a straw spot who would say, hey, if you go over there and drop your net, you'll catch them over there or drive over there. And so that's why they've done that. They've seen this guy on the shore has gone, drop your net on this side. He's going, oh, cool, he can see the fish. But he drops it in there and they pull in so much fish that it's just straining at the nets and they go, hold on, this isn't normal. And that's when someone gets the revelation, it's Jesus. And Simon Peter returns to Jesus and is restored. And I really want to encourage you today, whatever it is in your life, don't go back. It may look more comfortable. It may look like it's the place to be. It may look safe. But Jesus wants you to go forward because that's where he is.
If you're sitting there going, I don't know what my purpose is in life, I don't know where I'm going with my life, go back to the last thing he told you to do. He spent three years training the disciples how to go forward. I mean, they went out and they saw amazing miracles. They came back saying, we saw healings, we saw, we saw miracles, we pray for people and, and they come back to life and they saw amazing things and yet they came to a point where they felt like Jesus wasn't with them. And so they went back. When you get to that point where you feel like it's hard, where you feel like Jesus isn't there, don't go back. Keep walking. If you need to, stop for a bit and find him again. Or go back to the last thing he said to you to do. But whatever you do, don't go back on your decision to walk forward. I really feel that that's what God wants to say today, is don't go back on your decision to move forward. Even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, even if you feel like God isn't there. See, it's great when God gives us revelation. We go, yeah, fantastic. And then the work starts, right? Because that's how it works. You know, there is a heaven, there is a hell. There is a God, there is a Satan. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I came to give you life and life abundant. But sometimes we have to work at that life. Sometimes it takes some effort and pushing through. But don't go back. Go forward, even if it's difficult, even if it's hard. Go forward with a revelation he's given you. And if you don't have a revelation, then get one. Go to God and say, speak to me. Hang out with him. Take some time. Say, what is written? You know, because it says that in heaven there's a book of life. And you've got your own book. It's got your story in it. It says, before the earth was made, your days were predestined. So God actually has a plan for you. But what we need to do is actually get into the plan he has for us. It's easy to go, oh, well, I make this decision and that decision, and God knows all my decisions, and so it doesn't matter. But it does matter. Because I believe there's two things that God's going to ask when we get to heaven. The first is, did you walk in love? So he's not going to ask us about our sin. He's not going to ask us about we messed up. He's going to ask us, did we love? Because love's the biggest deal with him. And if you read the stories of accounts of people who have been to heaven and experienced heaven, those who have died and been up there and they've come back, the one thing they say, Jesus asks is, did you walk in love? So remember that, walk in love, always. Even when people offend you, walk in love. Even when people wrong you, walk in love. I'm not saying be a doormat, but I am saying turn the other cheek. I'm not saying don't get stomped on, you know, Don't just lay there and get stomped on, but I am saying if they take something of you, give them even more. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah? But he says to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us. But the other thing that he'll ask us is, did you walk according to your scroll, according to what the book of life has about you? It's not about the little things all the time. It's about... Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you in the place he has called you to be? 
Have you walked according to your scroll? So I encourage you to know what God has for you and to walk in that love.